Thousands of people have flocked to um, southern Gaza, uh, and specifically the Rafah gate crossing between Egypt and Gaza, which uh, was shut down about a week ago uh, amid Israeli airstrikes. Egypt has said their side's open, the other side isn't. Uh, Regardless, people are not getting through. Uh, Thousands of people have flocked there um, ahead of the anticipated Israeli ground offensive, Um, and nothing is getting through the other way either. Food, fuel, water, all of it running short um, in Gaza and, um, you know, evacuate from northern Gaza to southern Gaza, and then what? It's... Where are they going to go, right? So uh, as you've been following along, you know probably that Gaza is one of, if not the most densely populated regions of the planet. You're talking about two and a half million people in an area that's about 25 miles by five miles. So you're 40 kilometers by eight kilometers. It's tiny um, with millions of people. And since the attack, it is completely shut off. A total siege is what Israel said. And that's what they've done. There's no water. There's no food. There's no medicine. There's no fuel. There's no electricity, nothing. And constant airstrikes, right? So now we've got several hundred thousand troops amassed uh, to the north and uh, the ground invasion is going to start we don't know when but that's the situation they're dealing with and um it's it was desperate there before now um unbelievable hard to wrap your head around Topher McDougall is a professor of economic development and peace building at the University of San Diego Topher thanks so much for being here I appreciate your time today Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. You know, when we talk about Gaza and the situation today, let's go back a bit to what it was before this current situation. So 10 days ago, for example, because it's been bleak for Palestinians in Gaza going back like 15, 16 years now, right? That's when things really started to get bad. Yeah, I mean, you could say that it, it's been bleak for longer than yeah, that. For but, sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. Starting briefly in 2005 to six, there was a blockade imposed, and then again in 2007, in the wake of Hamas's rise to rise to power, they sort of swept to victory in the elections. Then there have been no elections since then, by the way. So their their mandate is long expired. But um, but yeah, that that was when 2007 is when the the blockade was really imposed, and at that time uh, there had been. Seven checkpoints, seven land uh, ports of entry, border crossings uh, around Gaza. That was reduced. That was shrunk down to just three with the one, as as you mentioned, Rafa uh, uh, on the border with Israel, and then uh, two others, uh, one at Beit Hanun and and another truck crossing. So the Beit Hanun crossing was originally for people, the Beit Hanun crossing for, for goods. And you take a look at life in Gaza, the vast majority of Palestinians living there are utterly dependent on foreign aid, correct? And have been for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So so uh, international aid groups provide uh, uh, food and other means of support to about 63% of, of folks in Gaza. Uh, over three quarters of people receive some form of, of international aid. Um, and as you say, uh, all of those... Uh, deliveries, food, fuel, uh, and other supplies uh, have been have been completely shut off. Um, and I think that it's really interesting. I mean, just to be able to 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 uh, remark that the the country of Israel is able unilaterally to, you know, within hours, mm-hmm. shut off all water, uh, all uh, electricity, um, and all deliveries of. You know anything from from food and medications to medical supplies to whatever it might be, 
the fact that they're able to do that, regardless of whether they should have done it or whether it is in contravention of international humanitarian law, the fact that they can do that should it just speaks volumes. Um, you're right. I mean, everything that goes into Gaza, it goes through with Israel's blessing. And if they don't want anything going into Gaza, nothing goes into Gaza. That's the, that's the situation. Can, can Palestinians, is there a way around that for them? Can they produce their own food, for example, or is that something that can't be done there? It's very difficult for Palestinians to to produce their own food. Um, 64% of people in Gaza are considered to be food insecure. They don't have reliable access to, to sufficient amounts of food. Um, food as a percentage of Gaza's total imports really skyrocketed after after 2005, after the imposition of the of the first blockade. Um, the amount of food that the West Bank and Gaza uh, has actually produced has tumbled by 30 percent since then. Um, and, and it's really difficult. The, uh, one of the factors is that uh, Israeli airstrikes have uh, repeatedly in 2008 and then again in 2018 hit Gaza's only power generation plant and then the main sewage treatment plant. Um, those resulted in a leak, um, spread of sewage waste onto, onto farmlands and then into the waters off the coast. And that, that both destroyed farmlands and it also, and, and food crops, it also, um, uh, was responsible for fish kills um, that affected uh, Gazan fishermen. So there's that. There's also the fact that uh, much of the farmland close to the border with Israel uh, has been declared by Israel to be a no-go zone. So you might go there to try to till your fields, but you also might be shot because you're considered to be too close and therefore a security threat. Yeah, as we said, just a, a desperate situation. Now, when we talk about the foreign aid, um, even that has not been secure. That's come and gone for political purposes too, right? Like that has not been reliable. I mean, it's all gone right now, but even in the lead up to this and going back many years, it's sort of been going in fits and starts, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the United States has uh, it, it's the single largest funder of the of what's called UNRWA, the UNRWA, the UN agency that is responsible for um, Palestinian refugees. Um, the, that support from the United States um, was strongest under the Obama administration. It sort of peaked at, uh, during a, a, a couple years there at around a billion dollars, uh, and then it was. Almost completely cut uh, by the under the Trump administration um, and the uh, the the Biden administration has restored that somewhat to lower levels than under the Obama administration, um, but it has restored it somewhat. Um, it's really been kind of this um, a little bit of a of a hot potato. Um, the UNRWA is a little bit like a parallel government. They provide so many of the services that Gazans rely on on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis from, from health, uh, health care. They run 22 hospitals um, to education. They have like, 280 schools, many of which have been converted now to humanitarian shelters. Um, they do all sorts of things around protection, gender-based violence, all sorts of stuff. So um, that, that funding has been really critical for uh, uh, for everyday Gazans, um, and and it sort of as you say, it's been a little bit of a, a on a yo-yo. Um, that's partly because uh, it, the way that it is viewed by in the United States politically um, is 
is hotly contested, right? The fact that they work there means that they have to have some sort of relationship with Hamas, which is obviously a terrorist group. Um, they've also been accused of uh, incorporating uh, the sort of or glorifying jihadism in their textbooks that they publish. And their response to this is basically like they don't have any res- the control over national curricula. Uh, all they do is help governments uh, publish national curricula. And, and so they take what they're given and, and, and help to, yeah. to publish them. So if, if we fast forward to present day Gaza and all those things you said have been suspended or ended, there's talk of humanitarian corridors. Um, just given how desperate the situation was prior to last weekend, what do you think it's like now and how important is some sort of humanitarian consideration here? Oh, I mean, it, it could not be more important for, uh, at least for the 1.1 million people who were told to evacuate from the northern half to the southern half of, of Gaza and are, are displaced. Um, not that all Gazans can't be considered to have been displaced in some in some respect. Um, but but uh, right now, the, the situation is, is quite dire. Um, I think it's, uh, it's interesting to remark that... Uh, for all this talk of opening up humanitarian corridors, most of this has really been focused on on Egypt, right? Of this, as I said, of the seven checkpoints that you could bring, uh, that you that you could access the Gazan population through. Uh, we're only talking about Rafa. We're yeah. only talking about the southern the southern uh, the southern bit, and and that's. Um, it's also been there's been a red line considered by many, uh, including those in Cairo, uh, around sort of mass displacement. They do not want to see uh, Gazans in hundreds, their hundreds of thousands, pour over the border either for all sorts of different reasons, um, both both selfish and and sort of pol- regionally political. Um, but but those are the the two biggest ways that we could see. Uh, humanitarian aid as or, or humanitarianism as manifesting, either bringing uh, humanitarian aid to the people of Gaza or allowing the people of Gaza to leave, and neither of those things is, is guaranteed at this point. Yeah, n- not only not guaranteed, over not even on the radar. Like it's not even something anybody yeah, is considering yeah. seriously at this point. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's uh, that there have been uh, talks, right? We, yeah. we hear rumors of of talks. Uh, but I think that most of those talks are happening very much behind closed doors. The Biden administration, I believe, wants to um, uh, wants to keep keep up the pretense that they are not hectoring, lecturing, scolding the Israeli government. That, right. Uh, right. Uh, we've heard no no back uh, armchair quarterbacking from from the Secretary of State. No, not to this point. Topher, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.